Welcome to the Course in Miracles podcast. Before the ayahuasca, before the... Are we working? We are working. I was having microphone difficulties. Apologies if there's a little echo. I am at a hotel out in the desert. I came out here and read my book today, Undercover Angel, all the way through and took some notes. So it's a trippy book. I hope you read it. I can't believe I wrote it. It's amazing what happens when we get out of the way. So I've got a little bit of reading to do. We've got the intro to part two, and then I've got this little thing uh, called What is Forgiveness, and then I've got lesson 221. So it's kind of like three lessons in one, sort of. Part two, introduction. Words mean little now. We use them, but as guides on which we do not now depend. For now we seek direct experience of truth alone. The lessons that remain are merely introductions to the to the times in which we leave the world of pain and go excuse me to enter space now we begin to reach the goal this course has set and find the end toward which our practicing has always geared now we attempt to let the exercise be merely a beginning for we wait in quiet expectation for our god and father he has promised he will take the final step himself so the final step is taken by God. That's uh, the cover of the, I believe it's the Sistine Chapel, where he's reaching for God and God's fingers like an inch away from his. That's sort of the reaching for God. And so we reach for God and then God reaches down and grabs us. And we are sure his promises are kept. We have come far along the road and now we wait for him. We will continue spending time with him each morning and at night as long as makes us happy. We will not consider time a matter of duration now. We use as much as we will need for the rest that we desire. Result that we desire. Nor will we forget our hourly remembrance in between, calling to God when we have need of him as we are tempted to forget our goal. So this can be very simple. You driving along, hey God, looking for a parking space, hey God. Uh, have a problem that seems overwhelming, hey God, etc. We will continue with a central thought for all the days to come, and we will use that thought to introduce our times of rest and calm our times at need. Yet we will not content ourselves with simple practicing in the remaining holy instants which conclude the year that we have given God. We say some simple words of welcome and expect our Father to reveal himself as he has promised. We have called on him, and he has promised that his son will not remain unanswered when he calls his name. Now do we come to him with but his word upon our minds and hearts, and wait for him to take the step to us that he has told us through his voice he would not fail to take when we invited him. He has not left his son in all his madness, nor betrayed his trust in him. He has, he, he has, excuse me, has not his faithfulness earned him the invitation that he seeks to make us happy? We will offer it and it will be accepted. So our time with him will now be spent. We say the words of invitation that his voice suggests and then we wait for him to come to us. So the, I think the words of invitation would be like the italicized sections that I'm always referring to, the prayers. Those are perhaps... Uh, words of invitation. Now is the time of prophecy fulfilled. Now are all ancient promises upheld and fully kept. No step remains for time to separate from its accomplishment. For now we cannot fail. We sit silently await upon your father. 
He has willed to come to you when you have recognized it is your will he do so. And you could never come this far unless you saw, however dimly, that it is your will. So you found God because you wanted to find God. And in, in this book that I just finished, um, there's there was a part, it kind of alludes to the sort of notion or the fact that I always knew that there was something despite the, the debauchery that was ensuing. I am so close to you, we cannot fail. Father, we give these holy times to you in gratitude to him who taught us how to leave the world of sorrow in exchange for its replacement given us by you. We look not backward now. We look ahead and fix our eyes upon the journey's end. Accept these little gifts of thanks from us as though Christ's vision we behold a world beyond the one, as, as through Christ's vision we behold a world beyond the one we made and take that world to be, to be the full replacement of our own. And now we wait in silence, unafraid and certain of your coming. We have sought to find our way by following the guide you sent to us. We did not know the way, but you did not forget us, and we knew that you will not forget us now. We ask but that your ancient promises be kept, which are your will to keep. We will we will with you in asking we will with you in we will with you in asking this. The Father and the Son, whose holy will created all that is, can fail in nothing. In this certainty, we undertake these last few steps to you and rest in confidence upon your love, which will not fail the Son who calls to you. This is some powerful stuff. And so we start upon the final part of this one holy year, which we have spent together in the search for truth and God, who is its one creator. We have found the way he chose for us and made the choice to follow it, follow it as he would have us go. His hand has held us up. His thoughts have lit the darkness in our minds. His love has called to us unceasingly since time began. We had a wish that God would fail to have the son whom he created for himself. He, we wanted God to change himself and be what we would make of him, and we believed that our insane desires were the truth. Now we are glad that this is all undone and we no longer think illusions true. The memory of God is shimmering across the wide horizons of our minds. A moment more and it will rise again. A moment more and we who are God's sons are safely home where he would have us be. Now is the need for practice almost done. For in this final section, we will come to understand that we need only call to God and all temptations disappear. Instead of words, we need but feel his love. Instead of prayers, we need but call his name. Instead of judging, we need, to be, we need but be still and let all things be healed. We will accept the way God's plan will end as we receive the way it started. Now it is complete. The year has brought us to, this year has brought us to eternity. 2023, the year of eternity. One further use for words, out one further use for words will still retain. From time to time, instructions on a theme of special relevance will, inter, will inter, 
intersperse our daily lessons and the periods of wordless deep experience which should come afterwards. These special thoughts should be reviewed each day, each one of them to be continued to the next day is given you, till the next is given you. They should be slowly read and thought about a little, preceding one of the holy and blessed instance of preceding one of the holy and blessed instance in that day. We give the first of these instructions now. So here's a little blurb called, what is forgiveness? So what is forgiveness? Forgiveness recognizes that you thought your brother did to you, did, excuse me. Forgiveness recognizes what you thought your brother did to you has not occurred. So he punched you in the face? No, he didn't. It didn't happen. That's forgiveness. It does not pardon sins and make them real. It sees there was no sin. So that guy that punched you is, forgive them, Father, they know not what they do. He's acting out of ego or she's acting out of ego, completely insane. And so nothing happened. Nothing occurred. And in that view are all your sins forgiven. So think this way and all your sins are forgiven. So you forgive the the people out there, and then you end up forgiving yourself. What is sin except a false idea about God's Son? Forgiveness merely sees its falsity and therefore lets it go. What then is free to take its place is now the will of God. An unforgiving thought is one which makes judgment that it will not raise to doubt, although it is not true. The mind is closed and will not be released. The thought projects protects projection, tightening its chains so that distortions are more veiled and more obscure, less easily accessible to doubt and further kept from reason. What can come between a fixed projection and the aim that it has chosen as its wanted goal? That is a really heavy section, so I would perhaps encourage you to read that one on your own. But I really like the first sentence. An unforgiving thought is one which makes a judgment that it will not raise to doubt, although it is not true. So when I'm convinced that person is a this or a that or a jackass or uh, a whatever, right, um, I need to raise that to doubt. Raise your doubt to judgment, even though it's not true. I think that's what that means. An unforgiving thought does many things. In frantic action, it pursues its goal, twisting and overturning what it sees as interfering with its chosen path. Distortion is its purpose and the means by which it would accomplish it as well. It sets about its furious attempts to smash reality without concern for anything that would appear to pose a contradiction to its point of view. This is a great line. This is a very famous Course in Miracles line. Forgiveness, on the other hand, is still and quietly does nothing. That's powerful. Forgiveness, on the other hand, is still and quietly does nothing. It offends no aspect of reality, nor seeks to twist to it appearances it likes. It merely looks and waits and judges not. You can hear Ken Wapnick talk about this in one of his videos. This is just beautiful stuff. He who would not forgive must judge, for he must justify his failure to forgive. But he who would forgive himself must learn to welcome truth exactly as it is. Do nothing then, and let forgiveness show you what to do. Through him who is your guide, your savior and protector, strong in hope, and certain of your ultimate success. 
He has forgiven you already, for such is his function given him by God. Now must you share his function and forgive and forgive whom he has saved, those sinlessness, whose sinlessness he sees, and whom he honors as the Son of God. Okay, welcome to part two. So do nothing then and let forgiveness show you what to do through him who is your guide, your savior, and protector, strong in hope, and certain of your ultimate success. This is just some great stuff. So thanks for listening. Now I'm just going to go ahead and read lesson 222, which is, again, these lessons are kind of short, which is kind of nice. So lesson 221, peace to my mind, let all my thoughts be still. This is italicized, what I'm reading. So this is like the prayer. Father, I come to you today to seek the peace that you alone can give. I come in silence, in the quiet of my heart, the deep recesses of my mind. I wait and listen for your voice. My Father, speak to me today. I come to hear your voice in silence and in certainty and love. Sure, you will hear my call and answer me. Now do we wait in quiet. God is here because we wait together. I am sure that he will speak to you and you will hear. Accept my confidence, for it is yours. Our minds are joined. We wait with one intent to hear our Father's call, to hear our Father's answer to our call, to let our thoughts be still and find his peace, to hear him speak to us of what we are, and to reveal himself unto us. Wow. I really love him, part two. So thanks for everything and appreciate each and every one of you. I will. Talk to you tomorrow. Bye-bye.